CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Take notes, boys. Three, two, one. By estimates, 50 to 50 to 60 percent of 60. the economy is in Chicago. Okay, and if you look at Chicago land, that's 80 percent. 80 percent. All right. Hold okay, on. I so got to do the math again. I'm doing counting. All right. Don't. Carry the four. Yeah. The two. And then the three. Well, it sounds like you need to. It sounds like you need to hear it again. By estimates, fifty to fifty to sixty percent of 60. the economy is in Chicago, mm-hmm. and okay. if you look at Chicago land, that's eighty percent. Eighty percent of what? Okay. Illinois. <laughs> Wait a minute. Illinois. Eighty percent of what? The state. Eighty percent of the whole. The whole state. The- <laughs> what whole? Yeah. You got to remember y, y equals m x plus b, guys. Yeah, I, I always I always forget. Hold on, I'm calling Dan Biss right now. Danny, I need help with this. Thing. It's really complicated, okay? Eighty <laughs> percent of what? Illinois, the state. All of it. Oh, the whole. Thing. The whole. <laughs> it sounds like you need to hear it again. By estimates, fifty to fifty to sixty percent of the economy is in Chicago, and if you look uh, at Chicago land, that's eighty percent. Eighty percent. You hear that? Eighty percent of the economy. She didn't say Illinois. Just eighty percent of the, what economy? The world economy? How many wow. Al's beef sandwiches is that? <laughs> uh, that's our marriage. With cheese. Hey, everybody, your Ben Jaronsky show for Friday, September 9th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, what's your latest column all about? Oh, I uh, just wrote an absolutely brilliant column, if I must say so myself, uh, about the Supreme Court races in Districts 2 and 3. And uh, who was, oh, we just had a guest talking about that uh, coincidentally uh, yesterday. So uh, it's on my mind these days. Uh, state Supreme Court races, very, very important. Check it out. And... For a whole archive of Ben Jarofsky columns, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, September 9th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. your host oh what a hat he's wearing very nice hat chicago reader columnist ben jarofsky hello everybody ben jarofsky here we're calling this queen elizabeth friday and here's why because everywhere i go i see queen elizabeth the second who just passed away at age 96 it's on the front pages of the sun times the tribune and the new york times and folks i just have to say something i mean i i all respect to the queen and her family. Uh, do not mean to be disrespectful. People who are mourning, genuinely mourning. So put that aside. I have just never been a fan of the royal family. I just don't understand the obsession that people have with the royal family. I, I realize it's deep and abiding and a lot of people can't shake it. I know there are people in my family, D, who I will not mention because I want to protect their identity who absolutely love royal family stories, woke up early before you were born, D, before you were born to watch. Uh, I just got a weird text. Ben, just keep going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the queen. Oh, weird. I see. That text was not for me. That was for oh, our this, guest. The first this has edited out written all over it, buddy. That's hilarious. That's like where Charles Barkley is reading this teleprompter and they put in there, Charles Barkley is a dummy or something like that. Oh, come on. Who said that? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. 
So I, I have someone I know who got up early to watch a uh, lady die. Who do you, what's the, oh, Prince Charles get married in 1981. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. They woke Joe Tuck. We're watching this. So people are obsessed with it. And so three newspapers, front page stories. And here's the thing, the sun times, this just shows the obsession. D I'm going to show you this paper. Oh, you see that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Chicago sun times. It always had, <laughs> I love, you know, bright one. I love you, but the bright one, their attitude is it's like any story anywhere in the world has to have a Chicago connection to justify reporting it. Okay. Cause they are the Chicago sun times. So queen Elizabeth, the queen of England dies at age 96. Ordinarily, if there was no Chicago connection, I don't know if that would make the front page of the sun times, but in 1959, 1959, ladies and gentlemen, Queen Elizabeth came to Chicago, spent less than 24 hours in Chicago, met with then-Mayor Richard J. Daly, youngsters, that's the father of the Richard M. Daly that you know. I think both of my people that are on this screen right now weren't even born when the Mayor Richard J. Daly died. Dude, my mom was born in 1959. Okay, your mom is your mom on this screen right now. That's that's uh, you know. Hey, come on, are you doing your mom jokes to me? No, he's he's, not a mom. he's he's the one who got scrutined all the time, right? Uh, yes. Hold on, we haven't introduced you, guys, so nobody knows who you are. So here's the part that kills. So you got this picture. <laughs> They got this picture of Queen Elizabeth with Richard J. Daly from 1959. Just to let people in Chicago know you're important. You open to page 10. Here's the headline. Her kind of town. Chicago rolled out the red carpet, a 2,300 foot one when the queen visited Chicago in 1959. Her kind of town. Okay, sometimes. I get the pun, my kind of town, Chicago. But Chicago was not Queen Elizabeth's kind of town. She came here once in 1959. <laughs> she never came back again. There was nothing that she saw in the city of Chicago that made her say, you know what? I want to go back to Chicago. I want to eat a hot dog, and I'm not going <laughs> to put ketchup on it. I want a deep dish pizza. No. She didn't particularly care about Chicago. She came here once, stayed here for 14 hours, got out, and never came back. We're not her kind of town. She couldn't care less about us. It was like an obligation. She had to come to Chicago for some reason, for some publicity reason. Who knows? And she never came back. She was, in her own way, sort of like Barack Obama. You know, Barack Obama came here, stayed for, he stayed for more than 14 hours. What, he stayed for like 12 years? Left, said, oh, I'm getting away from these suckers. Never came back. Every now and then he drops in. Hello, how you doing? Love you. Glad I'm not here anymore. And then leaves. That's kind of Queen Elizabeth didn't even go that far. So I just want to say this. I think this, this headline needs a correction. We are not her kind of town. Unless by her kind of town, you mean her kind of town to get away from. All right. How about that for a one-liner, huh? <laughs> her kind of town. Anyway, my condolences to the royal family. All right, D, enough on the royal family. <laughs> what you got for me? It's oh, what a week, and that means it's oh, what a time for you to do your thing. Yes, it is. How's it going, everybody? Um, too soon? Jury's still out. I'm not sure. We'll talk about it after the show. But hey, it's time to find out what went down in Chicago and or <laughs> Illinois this week. Actually, before we do that, Ben, let's introduce our guest. Yes. Our guest who is so exuberant, he was chomping at the bit to talk before he was officially introduced, is none other than Chicago legendary comedian, actor, media personality, and Nick Spazzato imitator, Patrick. Jay Whalen. Welcome back, Legendary. young man. Thank you so much, Ben. I And, you know, it's a little known fact, I think. I, I'm not sure if this is in the article. I'm actually looking at it right now. But my theory is uh, the queen just came here to, to get dental work. I don't know. I hear great things about their health system in the U.K. 
but she popped into the Drake to have a, a tooth replaced, I believe is how yes, it works. No. That uh, that was a, a I should have mentioned that that was my favorite part of the article was like two sentences at the end. Uh, in an unexpected tour stop, the queen underwent an emergency tooth filling replacement by a local dentist at his downtown office just hours before the gala dinner with Mayor Richard J. Daley. Yes, like she came to Chicago, she had a toothache. Yeah, and I believe that dentist was from Glencoe. So again, her kind of town. I don't even the dentist was not from. The, the, Wait, the town that was that, her kind. Where did you get sense. that detail? You must be reading the Tribune. Did, did they, I didn't see the Glencoe connection. I got, uh, I got Twitter jacked into the back of my head, dude. I'm like Neo in the Matrix. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I apologize for overlooking the Glencoe connection. Uh, but they brought the guy downtown. Like, they, yeah, they didn't make the uh, queen go to Glencoe. <laughs> comes to Chicago for 14 hours, but two of them were spent on the highway going to Glencoe. We have great dentists here in, in Chicago, Your Majesty. No, I think I'd much rather like one from Glencoe. That's wow. my Queen impression. Wait, is Queen Elizabeth on the other line? That was a great impression. No, Ben, uh, I'm quite not here. All right, so uh, we invited Pat uh, to come on the show before we uh, start talking about the news of the week because uh, he has some exciting news uh, in his life uh, as the host of a uh, talk show of his own on stage, sort of like Chicago's Conan O'Brien. Uh, so Patrick, why don't you share your good news with everybody? I love that. I love the Irish connection. I would greatly take Conan O'Brien over Jimmy Fallon. Thank you, Ben. Uh, big news. I'm getting married next month. No, I mean, that is true, but that's like the most important thing in my life right now. So hey. please, uh, forward all gifts. Uh, I'm taking Pequod's <laughs> gift cards. Uh, you can send them to my PO box. No. Uh, yes. My, my talk show, good evening with Pat Whalen, which I've been trying to reel Ben in on for 10 years now. Uh, we're, we're going to be live at the promontory a week from today with governor JB Pritzker, as well as a comedian, felonious monk and a musical guest, Brittany Carter. Um, but I, I got the gov it's, it's, it's the return of the gov Ben. And so I, 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 you're, you're kind enough to let me come on and, and, and plug. And really, I'm just going to pick your brain on what I should ask him about. Like, who's the best dentist in Glencoe? Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, wow. There's so much I would, uh, if if uh, Governor Pritzker were on our show right now, there was so much I would ask him about. Uh, we'll be talking about some of this later in the news, like the, the dueling commercials uh, that uh, are going on right now. Some are pretty shocking DB. Uh, commercials, uh, Darren Bailey, that is trying to uh, link J.B. Pritzker to crime. I, I definitely would ask him about that. I would def definitely ask him about the BGA report about his blind trust. Turns out it's mm -hmm. not that blind. Uh, some curious investments uh, uh, and ask him to explain that. I get him to weigh in on the Chicago Bears. Reset 2020. <laughs> Uh, because the Bears are obviously about to go to Arlington Heights. There was a meeting last night uh, in Arlington where the Bears, they, they kind of unveiled their plans. They sort of unveiled their plans. They didn't, like, really unveil their plans, like a, like specific sketch drawings of the stadium they want to build, uh, but they sort of introduced the topic at a meeting with of, uh, a few hundred people in uh, Arlington Heights. So I had to ask him about that. Does he believe in subsidizing the Bears, state money for the Bears? That was really uh, interesting. I, I mean, I, I was super interesting that George Blakemore was there, Bob Fioretti was there, but I, I didn't think they would pass a collection plate. I thought that was an interesting interesting move by the bears front office to like pass around. If anyone can chip in. <laughs> well, that's a metaphorical, uh, collection plate. They didn't actually, uh, pass it just so like listeners would might think that Pat was being serious. If that was, I'm a, I'm a satirist. Yes. That's satire. Uh, but they have, they, they let people know that the plate will be passed. Uh, and it's not really going to be a traditional collection pl plate. The way a collection plate works is literally pass a clay plate. Boy, that's hard to say. Down the pews, down the row of where people are sitting, uh, and people put in what they want. No, the, this particular collection plate, uh, you'll have to kick in whether you want to or not. That's how it works. Okay, uh, and uh, so they're. They let, made it be clear they're looking for some kind of assistance. That's a euphemistic way of saying it, right, Pat Whalen? Some kind of assistance. Uh, some people might call it a handout, uh, but some kind of assistance to help uh, 
with the construction costs, with the cost of building this huge operation, this huge, it's be a football field. There'll be a multi, there'll be shopping and around, around there. Who knows? Again, they didn't get specific uh, with the details. So they say they're going to need uh, some help. And then they've drawn this interesting um, distinction. Pat, you might ask uh, Governor Pritzker about this. What does he make of the distinction the Bears have drawn? So the Bears say, yes, we'll seek assistance, but we're not going to seek assistance for the stadium itself. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, that, only so they draw a distinction. The they, entertainment district. Well, or they also say the infrastructure needs. So somehow or other, they've drawn a distinction in uh, the public's mind between, let's say, the cost of building a pillar or inserting a pillar into the ground. Okay. They will pay for that. But the infrastructure, which is the layer that the pillar will be driven into the public can assist with that. Do you follow me? So what difference does it make? If you're going to have to, if you're paying for it, what difference does it make that the money is not going to go for the pillar? or the money is not going for the seat. Like when you sit, they're going to pay for the cost of that seat. Yeah. Any, anything football related, they, they have covered. Well, I would argue that the infrastructure is football related because you can't have the pillar unless it has a foundation to go into. Okay. You know, so I just don't understand the distinction they're making. And so I would be curious what governor JB Pritzker thinks about that. Let's say uh, one thing. If I just dropped ninety-five million on an unused racetrack, I'd probably be looking for some help too. Well, presumably, uh, yes, uh, Pat Whalen. I don't think you have the money to drop the ninety. What? How much was it? Did you say ninety-five million? Ninety-five mil. Okay, and uh, I believe uh, they have an option on it. I so I don't know if me. they. No, what I'm saying is I don't. I believe can get they, it to you next week, Ben. No. I mean, you know, like, I can get creative. <laughs> I can move I, stuff I, around. I, I don't believe the bears have actually withdrawn $95 million from a bank account somewhere and given it to somebody else. I, I, I think it's a pledge, whatever. Uh, but I get your point. The point is, is expensive venture. And so, yeah, we don't, they don't want to shoulder it. So uh, that, that's just some of the questions you asked me what I would ask JB. So what do you plan to ask him? Uh, I just, I, I want to see his take on uh, Darren Bailey's uh, accent. I think, um, you know, embellished, I think, is like a nice way of putting it. But, I, you know, I kind of want to know his take. Um, I'd like to know why there was no mention of me or my show. You know, this is a third time I'm having him on, the second time in a year. And there was no mention of me or my show in that Vanity Fair piece they just did on him. I don't know what that's all about. Did you see the Vanity Fair piece, Ben? I've not seen the Vanity Fair piece. Vanity Fair just wrote up a piece about uh, Governor Pritzker. Um and it was it was very nice. It was very descriptive. No mention of your boy Waylon or his show. Yeah, just kind of you know. I'm just a little confused. I don't know. I'm I'm I got it out for Anna Wintour. All right. So I've read about the article. Have not actually read the article, and so it's uh, I'm a little hesitant to comment on something I know really nothing about. Uh, but the other obvious question is um is he being a, this is dennis's point has been making this for a while uh, that jb pritzker will be running for president uh, dennis has been predicting that for about two years i'd say right d something like that and uh so you know you might want to ask him about his presidential ambitions although i'm sure he'll say i'm just focused on winning in november which i hope he is because president of the bears President, what are you, Dennis? Where are you, where are you getting at with this, the President bear, of the Bears? The Bears, yeah. The Bears, yeah, okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hollis, Hollis's days are numbered. Hollis, Hallis, Hallis. Oh Hallis. my goodness. Hallis. Uh, I'm a Bills so, fan, man. You you know that. So Pat uh, Whalen, yeah, I, I could ask him about that. Yeah, but He's seriously, the president of the United States of America. Yes. Uh, oh well, I mean, guys, we already have one. I don't know if you heard. He's actually he's he's kicking ass right now. Dark Brandon is uh, taking names and, and kissing babies out there. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. He just had well, a huge, huge string of congressional wins, y'all. Yeah. And he's running. No, it is. Um, the news cycle is uh, interesting how this goes. Uh, that, that is what you're absolutely correct. The notion that Democrats are rushing to find someone to run instead of Joe Biden is so what? Like 
June news or something, yeah, May news. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's not where we're at right now. I remember having many conversations uh, with various guests like, so who do you think uh, might be positioned to run if Joe Biden doesn't run again? Uh, and, uh, and so J.B. Pritzker was clearly allowing. Him. Oh, you might ask him what he thinks about Ron DeSantis. You know, yeah. uh, they have yeah. a little rivalry going there. Yeah. And Gregory Abbott with Greg the immigrants. Abbott. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Some you of guys, your fellow. Like, yeah. Do, do they have like a governor like group text? Like, are you, are you guys like beefing with each other and like being shady in the group text? Be like, hey, Greg, can you uh, can you relax and or have your staff answer my calls? Because apparently his staff has been reaching out to be like, can we coordinate on this? And um, I just think it's fascinating that. that Texas voters are cool with the fact that it costs them like $12 million a bus to send these people up here. And then like, they don't feed them or tell them where they're going or anything like that. I don't know. Human rights violation, anyone, but well, uh, also, also these, uh, these fake newspaper mailers is something I, I want to ask them about, you know, the rhetoric from the right as they become more and more desperate to beat our boy, Jay Bizzle. Um, you know, just, just a, a lot of uh, interesting literature being thrown around this election season. Yeah, no. And, uh, uh, to that point, we're going to do an interview to, uh, uh, to drop as a bonus with uh, State Senator Robert Peters. He's passionate nice. on the subject of the fake newspaper. So I'm really looking forward to uh, ca- that conversation. Dennis and I'm I looking had forward a, to hearing that. Excellent. Uh, I had our own passionate conversation before we went on air, which I wish we had taped because I thought it was pretty good, uh, about the cynicism. This is me speaking, uh, embedded in on both sides of bringing uh, immigrants from Texas to Chicago and dropping off in Chicago is cynicism on both sides. There's cynicism on the part of uh, Lori Lightfoot, the welcoming city uh, with the attitude that we welcome absolutely everybody. We're just a welcome city. And that is so not true. I mean, Chicago doesn't welcome any absolutely anybody. I mean, some of the, the policies of Chicago are such that it drives people out of the city. You know, the taxes. Look at the bears. So <laughs> Look at the bears. Yes. So Chicago is not a complete. It's very it's disingenuous to say we welcome anyone to our city. And so uh, Abbott's calling her bluff. You go, oh, you welcome anybody in your city? OK, here you go. Here's a busload. See how that plays on the northwest side of Chicago or the southwest side of Chicago. You know, I, I, and, and but the cynicism on Abbott's part. It's just unbelievable. Like he has absolutely no regard for the human, as you were saying, the human beings that he just puts on a bus, schleps to Chicago. He's perfectly happy to use them as just props in this Fox game he's playing uh, with Chicago. So I would ask him about that. What do you think about that, Pat Whalen? I'm absolutely going to ask him about that. And I mean, you know, uh, Darren Bailey, uh, I think he tweeted something to the effect of, you know, where, where Tina Svondelis had reported that uh, uh, Pritzker's staffers were like, you know, what what Greg Abbott is doing is disgusting and it needs to stop. And Bailey was like, you know, what's disgusting are Pritzker's failures. And, you know, and him and his pal Joe Biden are creating a mess at the border with Lori Lightfoot. And it's like, OK, so Pritzker and Lightfoot are creating a mess at the border. All right, we're, 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 we're grasping at straws here, yeah. Darren. Uh, okay, 60% of 80% is how much a train leaves Texas going 800 miles an hour towards Chicago. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the cynicism stuff, I think, plays into just a, a lot of the rhetoric. Um, obviously, it, it, it was an interesting primary on the Republican side, and we, we got a very interesting candidate out of that side. That That is for sure. One wonders what the race would have been like with the – with a different opponent and, and, and what, what, what we'd be talking about as election points, we'd probably still be talking about Greg Abbott to some degree. Cause he's still kicking immigrants anywhere else. I mean, he was sending them to New York. He sent them to Washington. I, I think you're giving him more credit than he's due. Ben, frankly, I, you, you sound like he's, he's playing chess. I think he's playing tiddlywinks. Are you talking about uh, Abbott? Yeah. Okay. He's just All sending right, them anywhere. That- that last point you made, uh, here's another question. You're going I, 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 you're probably not going to have time to ask all these questions, but here's another question. And we've talked about this so much on the show, and that is the strategy that J.B. Pritzker and other Democrats embraced of running commercials during the primary season that uh, would have, like, the jujitsu effect of promoting extremists like D.B., Darren Bailey. So uh, Richard Irvin was in the race, the, uh, the mayor of Aurora, and I – my guess is, based on what uh, 
not a guess, it's basically what has been said in the paper uh, by uh, sources within the campaign. The internal polling showed that Irvin might be tougher to beat than an extremist like Darren Bailey. So the strategy was to run commercials uh, in the uh, Republican primary that essentially promoted uh, Darren Bailey by accentuating his extremism, which would make him more popular to MAGA. Uh, and that is awfully cynical in its own way, uh, in my humble opinion, because, I mean, I personally am afraid of Darren Bailey to a certain degree. I'm offended by Darren Bailey's campaign, uh, and I think it's detrimental to the state of Illinois that he would be the candidate for the Republican Party. So I'm a little queasy by the strategy of promoting him by accentuating his extremism. Uh, I've had troubles with that from the get-go. I have expressed that in the show and in my uh, column. So I'd be curious what uh, uh, how J.B. Pritzker would respond. What's your thoughts about that, Patrick? I mean, I, first thing is this is a national trend. You know, to, to say that only the Illinois gubernatorial race is the only place where people are focusing on the fact that extremism on the right is on the rise, uh, you know, in state capitals and in the streets of our towns and cities throughout the country, you know, that that's a fact. And so, uh, you know, one part of me definitely understands where you're coming from with that. The other says, this is a very real thing. You know, these people are not going anywhere. They need to be dealt with. And so the question kind of becomes by dealing with it head on, are you making it worse or better? And I don't really know the answer to that. That's kind of like an existential question to be honest with you. But if I could boil it down, he had one line in his victory speech, Governor Pritzker, that he said, we owe it to the future to win. And I can't argue with that. The man said, we need to win. We need to clean up in this race. We need to knock these people off the ballot. We need to knock them into the dirt and show them that this type of rhetoric is not welcome in our backyard. And I cannot argue with that. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, the, 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 the mayoral deals that um, Irvin was doing in his city, like, I don't think he would have been a serious threat to the Pritzker camp. Do you? And so I, I go back and forth about it. And I, I really think taking Darren Bailey head on and putting him under the hot lights and saying, okay, pal, what do you actually believe? Why is there someone on your campaign connected to the January 6th? What is it? What's it, what's it called? What's the word? Coup. <laughs> it's a coup. You're into coups. What's that like? No, I'm not into coups. Oh, but you hang out with priests who like use the, the punisher skull. Like, what's going on, guys? What are we doing? I watched the PBS Frontline documentary uh, the other night, the brand new one. It was all about Trump and the election and lies and manipulation and stuff like that. And they played in succession, going back in time, Ben, the, uh, the concession speeches of all the presidential candidates who lost down throughout the years. And so you went back, you know, you see Romney, you see Kerry, you, you go back and back, you see guys who all of a sudden, I don't know who the, who the hell these people are anymore. And as the farther you go back, the more it becomes, I need to let this go. The people have spoken. I'm going to support the candidate because that's who won. And that is just simply lost. It's not the world we live in anymore. And I think we really need to face that head on. And I agree with him when he says we owe it to the future to win. I can't argue with that. Well, I, I, I also uh, think Darren Bailey's playing up the accent just a little, just a little with the vowels. I just, he's really leaning into the whole yeehaw. Uh, well, actually, I think that uh, Dr. D uh, disagrees with you on that point. Uh, Rounder, we, Rounder, yes, Rounder, absolutely. But no, I know dudes that talk like Bailey. I'm, you know, Southern Illinois. I, I don't disagree yeah. that people in Illinois speak that way. That conservative. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that Darren Bailey might be uh, leaning into it a little bit. He's a conservative. Well, well let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> You're you're known uh, in the city of Chicago for doing one of the best uh, Alderman Nick Spazzato imitations. Ah. Uh, so, <laughs> that's, that's all you had to do to get. That's like Dennis used to do router. Ah, he would just do ah, and I would start laughing. Uh, so, do you think uh, who leans into it more, Darren Bailey or Nick Spazzato? Uh, Nick Spazzato comes to him naturally. You, you can't argue with that. I've, I've, been, I've been studying the man's speech patterns for the better part of a decade, and I can tell you that it's very much authentically the way he speaks there, Ben. And you and there, Lefty, lose there looking for it. You know, there's no there there. There's no there there, okay? Um, 
but I, I think I think Darren is uh, is leaning into it a lot. I mean, th- th- this this is something else I want to bring up in, in my discussion with uh, JB mm-hmm. Jabes. I'm going to try to push the, the nicknames this time. It's third time on. I'm going to see. Yeah. You know, let, let's let's get familiar. Um, tickets are 15 bucks, by the way. You can get those on the website for the Promontory. Just okay. Google Promontory Chicago. And by the um, way, what date is it? I don't know if we said that. A week from today. It's September 16th at 8 p.m. at the Promontory in Hyde Park. Um, so I am super interested to hear your conversation with Robert Peters because I'm going to be paying very close attention to that as our venue will be in his backyard Yes. a week from today, Friday the 16th at 8 p.m. Um, but, you know, this Darren Bailey thing, you know, it's it's cute and all. It's funny. But um, it it's something I do want to touch on with him is that he's the governor of the whole state. And I'm in Chicago. I'm in the blue bubble up here. And it's very different throughout the state. And people throughout the state, I mean, there was that huge write-up, I believe, that was also your beloved right one, Ben, who did this whole thing about how downstate is saying, you know, Chicago and Pritzker, they're just leeching everything off of us, just the reason we are not seeing more economic development down here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I've noticed very much that the governor's focusing on infrastructure that uh, is throughout the state. And so it's, you know, interconnectivity is something he seems very focused on, which is good because again, up here in the blue bubble, I can, you know, laugh and joke about people's accents all day long, but at the end of the day, uh, these are real people who uh, probably don't appreciate that. And so I'm interested to better understand, uh, you know, the state as a whole through his eyes uh, while still focusing on the city of Chicago, because we are Chicago's late night talk show, Ben. Yes. Although I am going to try to push to be Illinois' late night talk show if only there was someone who could make a you know executive proclamation deeming it so i, I don't know i'll look into that maybe but yeah. uh, well as you know and we've learned uh chicago is 80 percent of something so if 60, you're 60 percent of the 80 percent oh yeah hold on the whole, if a train leaves texas <laughs> none of you guys were listening by estimates 50 to 50 to 60 percent of the economy is in chicago and if you look at Chicago land, that's 80%. Wow. I, I <laughs> why but, equals MX plus B. Uh, Tina Fondellas, she was the one who wrote that great article that you alluded to in my beloved bright one, Home Delivered Every Day. Uh, and it had to do with Centralia. Centralia, excuse Centralia, me. Centralia, yes. Uh, and uh, she went down there and interviewed a bunch of people. Uh, and um, uh, they were talking about how they feel... Uh, just sort of alienated from Chicago and Chicago is sort of arrogant and contemptuous of them. So it's, it's definitely well worth uh, reading. Although, as I pointed out at the time, I know of no Chicago politician uh, who goes around insulting downstate as much as Darren Bailey insults Chicago. It's a hell hole. Uh, by the way, to the point I made earlier that uh, you rebutted about, I don't believe that Pritzker should be um, uh, running commercials that essentially uh, promote, Darren Bailey, if you really want to get see me get shredded in an argument, uh, raise that uh, with Terry Cosgrove, our good friend from personal. Oh, my goodness. He goes, well, Ben, nobody made him vote for Darren Bailey. JB, we just simply put out what he stands for, and that got them more interested in voting for Darren Bailey. Just think about that for a moment. So I thought about that for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and I came to the conclusion it's a scary time. It is. You know, it like, is a scary time. It's a. It's a. No matter what you say, it. it I mean, he says uh, we owe it to the future to win. Well, the stakes are high. We don't have a net, you know. And uh, I, 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 but, I'm going to give you a, a little yeah, anecdote, Ben. I don't mean to cut you off, but as but, I mentioned, I'm being married next month, and so we're starting to get the RSVPs rolling in, and I've sent them to. I'm Irish, so I have like 30 dozen cousins that I sent RSVPs to. We're going to have a lot of old people and babies at the wedding. Uh, you know, I did what I could to change that. But, you know, it, it's okay. It's family. We, we want them to be there. And I sent stuff out saying because we'll have old people and babies, I just if you could send along your vaccination information, I'd appreciate it. And the amount of people that I am blood related to that sent me messages that I can't repeat on the air was staggering. It really threw me for a loop. It, it hurt my heart. If I'm being honest with you, I know I'm a comedian, but like, this is, this is my family. And so this whole rhetoric thing and people lying to each other and just repeating lies long enough where it is believed, this is the way the game is played now. And we really need to assess how we're going to fix that. You know, I, I almost said beat that, but 
I, I, I don't know what to say. There's, there's so much money and lies being thrown around and they're getting so desperate specifically on the other side that like, you know, our, our, you know, we, we got to update the playbook, man. It just, it, 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 it ain't the way it was. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's always been a dirty game. Uh, and there's, there's always been, um, the tactics again, I've, the tactics that, um, uh, the Pritzker and many Democrats are doing to try to uh, quote unquote, and I have it in quotes, promote extremists and uh, because they're easier to beat uh, are essentially tactics that Richard Nixon used uh, in 1972 when he intervened in the Democratic uh, primary to uh, help uh, George McGovern's campaign because he thought George McGovern would be easier to beat because he was on the left as opposed to more centrist like Ed Muskie. So this is, uh, th- th- these are uh, age old tactics. It's just that as your point, is that the, the stakes are very high now because there's extremism on uh, the Republican uh, Party. Uh, and um, so, but by the way, you might mention, uh, I mean, we're running out of time with the questions you could ask Pritzker, but this is a good one. If you tell that anecdote about your wedding and the response you're getting, that is a microcosm of J.P. Pritzker experienced. Yeah. Uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, and into 2021, it was the driving force behind Darren Bailey that elevated him to the front front runner status. Yep. Uh, with the stand that Darren Bailey took against JB Pritzker's attempts uh, to force people to wear masks in public spaces, uh, to uh, close businesses or close offices, people would work remotely uh, out of fear that uh, the virus would spread, uh, COVID would spread. So. Uh, and the opposition was fierce from uh, the Republican Party, and DB was the head of it, and I think he rode that momentum to win the nomination. So you might ask, you might relate that anecdote to him and see what he has to say about it, because he probably has experiences quite like yours. Uh, you you know he has to, and like you know that he could even run into people in the city of Chicago who feel that way. I mean, you know that that's that's a universal thing throughout the country, and you know this kind of comes down to you know I always think about this uh, David Bowie man. I'm all over the place, but it, it really is where my mind goes. David Bowie did an interview in like probably the late '80s, early '90s, and then the internet was just starting to catch on. And uh, this journalist was like, I mean, what is your fixation with this internet? Like, it's simply it's just a way to communicate, isn't it? And David Bowie was like, no. It is a living organism. It is going to take what we have right now. And he was talking about pre-internet are universal truths as a society that we all understand and agree on. And what this is going to do is completely make all truth subjective. It's going to make everything up to the individual user. It's going to change everything. And this was like late eighties, early nineties. He was really ahead of the ball with that one. And it's absolutely the case. And I frankly don't know how to respond to that. You know, again, my own blood relatives, my own cousins, you know, we, we, we go back and I don't know how to talk to or convince these people. Um, but yeah, I do want to ask him about that because, you know, maybe he'll, uh, you know, maybe he'll check out the registry too. I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's just kind of a way to, I'm just saying, I'm, you know, yeah. he's a friend. He's a James. Uh, by the way, you mentioned a few times that uh, you're uh, Irish American. I just want to let you know. I just saw Belfast. Have you seen Belfast? It's oh, on. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, what oh, a ben, great we movie! We still got to do movie talk, buddy. Yes, Belfast was incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely incredible movie. I urge everybody to watch it. Very moving coming of age story about a nine year old uh, in Belfast, Ireland in 1969 in, in the heart of what they call the Troubles, where uh, Protestants and Catholics were fighting in the streets. And uh, a very contentious time, to put it mildly, uh, in Irish history. And the struggles. Sure, you of can go family. ahead and be streaming that on the HBO Max there, Ben. <laughs> is, it HB- <laughs> is it HBO Max? That's uh, where I was going to see it myself. Okay. Great flick. I love it. And uh, Van Morrison soundtrack. So the music's pretty good. Yeah. from I didn't know he was from Belfast until I saw the movie. Yes, he is, and he's also an anti-vaxxer. You might ask JB about him uh, if he oh still God. listens to, if he still see, listens to Van Morrison. See, man, this, that interview will turn into an hour-long thing. We got 10 minutes of his time. Is that it? Maybe, is that, Maybe. If, if I'm nice. A Patrick J. Whalen show is very similar to a Johnny Carson show, Conan O'Brien, uh, et cetera, and so forth. It's a, it is a talk show format. Uh, so there's the political guest or the news guest. There's a music guest. There's a comedian. Uh, Pat does his bits. So really it's, yeah, JB will come on. How you doing everybody? And 
And then give it up for Governor Pritzker. He has to go to talk with someone important now. Um, But I will do. Can I do an exclusive plug real quick? I know we're running running out of time. Yes, we are. You you mentioned, because I'm having the governor on, and you did mention uh, Darren Bailey's hellhole comment about my hometown, Chicago, Illinois. Um, Uh I have decided, this is an exclusive for your listeners. We have not put this out anywhere yet. I'm going to be joined by a guest who is an expert on hellholes. And so... We are very pleased to announce that joining me on stage at the Promontory next Friday, the 16th at 8 p.m. will be Lucifer Morningstar, Prince of Darkness, and Lord of Hell. I will be joined by the devil himself live in person. This is not a joke. He's going to climb out of that big hole, that skyscraper they didn't build down by Lakeshore Drive. And he's going to make his way down to Hyde Park at the Promontory and join me. So please come check it out. That sounds really, I may have to, hold on, that's, hold on, this sound is me in my car. Going right down to the promontory. I, I, I want to meet the devil. Uh, I have some sympathy for the devil. All right. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's an old joke. Uh, all right. Well, Pat, thank you very much. Uh, and just repeat one last time the information uh, about the where and the when and how folks can get tickets. Take it away, Pat Whalen. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ben. Good evening with Pat Whalen. I liken it. It's like the Tonight Show, except it's funny. That's the way I put it. It's more of a Johnny Carson thing than a Jimmy Fallon thing. Friday, September 16th, a week from today at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time at the Promontory in Hyde Park. I will be joined by musical guest Brittany Carter. I'll be joined by comedic guest Felonious Monk. And I'll be joined by interview guest J.B. Pritzker, governor of Illinois and Democratic candidate for the gubernatorial office, as well as Lucifer Morningstar, Prince of Darkness, and the Lord of Hell. $15 ahead of time online. You can check out the Promontory's website for those, and they're going to be 20 bucks at the door. So I got a $5 deal for you up until the night of the show. So come check us out. Very good. All right, Patrick, thanks so much for talking to us. Have a great show, all right? Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Stay out of the hell holes. Will do. Will do. All right, that's Patrick J. Whalen. Now, without further ado, Dr. D with the rest of the news. <laughs> A mayor and her alderman. So last week, along with the ones who were indicted and replaced, we named like 10 aldermen and women announcing or rumored to be announcing their exit from the city council. Why, you ask? Well, no one knows. By estimates, 50 to 50 to 60 percent. Well, everyone knows. But at the moment, you got to kind of act like you don't know. But yes, it's true. We have even more names rumored to be getting out of office. First up, Alderman Howard Brookings Jr. won't be seeking re-election, joining more than a dozen city council members who are making their exits from City Hall. Ben, your thoughts? Well, okay, Howard Brookings Jr., uh, I knew his father. That's how long I've been around here. His father was a state rep and a mortician. So the Brookings name is well known uh, in the Chatham area in the South Side. Uh, and Howard always, like, it's that fine line because Ch- Chatham, that area of Chicago, has produced uh, many independent-minded uh, politicians, and uh, over the years, uh, and so you know you can't. It's a middle-class area, a lot of homeowners, so you don't want to look just like a rubber stamp. You have to sort of play it like you're independent-minded. Uh, but you can get along. That's like a Chicago thing, as opposed to just an independent-minded person uh, who doesn't care if people are upset. Him. It's like Leon Dupre at a fifth war. So these are distinctions, subtle distinctions uh, with Alderman. Uh, and so Howard always played that, walked that fine line between like, well, I'm really thinking about what the mayor uh, proposes uh, and then invariably voting for it. Uh, and uh, funny guy, his farewell interview that he did with the reporters were, was, uh, I thought, pretty funny. Uh, and on target, uh, he talked about Chicago, like the theme song in Chicago politics would be the backstabbers, uh, because everybody's always stabbing you in the back. And then he, uh, went down a list of people who betrayed him and stabbed them in the back. And yes, folks, that will happen in Chicago In Chicago. It's very quick for one alderman or one politician to be a pitted against another one it happens every 10 years D with reapportionment when they redivide the wards. So you always end up having at long time allies. You know what I'm saying? At each other's throats. So, uh, I mean, you just saw this with the congressional map uh, where um, uh, Marie Newman got thrown into the same congressional district as Sean Cass. And this is suburban Chicago, but it's the same sort of thing. Uh, and so they've been allies. Next thing you know, they're duking it out. Uh, you see it happening with aldermen as well all the time. Uh, and so uh, yeah, there's a lot of betrayal that goes on every single day in the city of Chicago. You got to put up with it. Got to have thick skin. 
Uh, and I think uh, in the case of Howard Brookins, he just got tired of it uh, and uh, decided he had enough. But the funny story he told was his greatest regret is that he went for this one bike ride. I remember the story when it happened. He was going for a bike ride and a squirrel. I, now, the way I first recall the story, D, is that the squirrel like was a flying squirrel and hit him in the head or something, and he fell off his bike while he was going fast, and he, uh, I forget, he, he shattered some teeth and broke some bones. But uh, in the rendition I saw in the paper this week, it was the squirrel got stuck in his uh, spokes of his bicycle, and that's what caused it. Whatever, flying squirrel, running squirrel, whatever kind of squirrel. He said his greatest regret, had a choice that day when he went for that bike ride. He could have uh, sat in the backyard and smoked a cigar, or he could have gone for the bike ride. He went for the bike ride, and now he regrets not sitting uh, in the backyard smoking a cigar because smoking a cigar turns out to be less hazardous to your health than going for a bike ride. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought, hey, you know what, Howard Brookins, you ought to be going on the Patrick J. Whalen show because that's pretty funny. The alderman uh, said so he'll remain politically active and available for guidance and counsel, particularly for young Democrats. He said, I have faith in their leadership and history shows us that the black movement works best when the new generation takes over at the right time. He also said, I believe now is that time, at least for our community here in the 21st Ward. And unfortunate news for the city of Chicago. Say it ain't so, Sue Garza. Say it ain't so. Tenth Ward Alderwoman Sue Sedlowski Garza announced this week that she will not be running for a third term in office. She was the first member of the Chicago Teachers Union ever elected to the city council. Garza said, if there's one thing that I've learned, especially in the past couple of years, I know who the real people are, and I know who the fake ones are, and I know who has my back. I know who doesn't. Ben, for the love of God, please tell me you're the one that has her back. You're one of those people. <laughs> I hope I am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sue Sadlowski Garza, uh, one of my favorite aldermen. Everybody knows that. And uh, I, the person she's alluding to, the chief person, of course, she's alluding to in that sentence uh, is Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who didn't have her back. Uh, and um, this has to do with the General Irons issue. We've talked about it many times in the show. But if you're listening for the first time, uh, there was a metal crushing facility on the north side of Chicago in a rapidly gentrifying area, an area that already gentrified. Uh, and the neighbors were constantly complaining uh, about this facility. And uh, the city of Chicago, then led by Mayor Rahm Emanuel, wanted to clear out the metal crushing facility so they could open up that land for more upscale development. And so they came up with this deal. Uh, where the facility moved to the far southeast side in Sue Garza's ward, uh, where there's already a lot of heavy industry. There's already uh, problems with pollution. There's already uh, issues about landfills, et cetera, and so forth, abandoned steel mills, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and so it looked as though the city of Chicago was taking a quote-unquote environmental problem and moving it from the affluent north side, sending it down to the southeast side, that's where just stuff gets dumped. Uh, and um, so there was opposition on the southeast side. Folks on the north side were just happy as hell uh, that they got rid of it, uh, the uh, metal crushing facility. Uh, and uh, there was not a lot of sympathy, I think, on the north side for the south side. That's generally the case. D. We're very uh, tribal city. So anyway, Sue Garza uh, had a different point of view. She said that the metal crushing facility was not going to be uh, a, an environmental hazard, that opponents were exaggerating the impact it would have on the community, that she had bent over backwards to set up a facility that would be relatively safe and furthermore would create jobs, well, good paying union jobs, which is exactly, she says, what the city of Chicago should be doing. Her ally in this had been Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot had been allied with Sue Sadlowski Garza on moving the facility to the southeast side. But when protests erupted, D, Mayor Lori Lightfoot sort of moved away from that, kept moving further and further away because she didn't want to bear the brunt of the protests. There were uh, threats of lawsuits. The uh, Department of uh, the Feds were investigating it. Uh, and so eventually, uh, Lori Lightfoot had her health commissioner call Sue Sadlowski Garza and tell her that the city was pulling the plug on this project. Uh, and uh, Sue was offended on a couple levels. One, uh, that Lori Lightfoot didn't tell her herself, 
you know, she had the health commissioner do the dirty work. Uh, and two, she felt it was an act of betrayal because they were more or less allied in this controversial plan uh, to uh, bring this facility to the southeast side of Chicago. And she felt she was, what, left holding the bag? Isn't that the saying, D? Uh, and so I think she's just had it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, after eight years of being in the city council and putting up with stuff like this, and I think Sue Sadlowski Garza just said, you know what? I think I'll just get out of this and just go on with my life and not deal with these people anymore. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's the portrayal she's talking about, uh, D and she's going to move on. So I tip my hat to her. I've always liked Sue Sadlowski Garza. She comes uh, from labor royalty in this town. If this could be such a thing, Eddie Sadlowski, her father, great union man. She was a good lefty activist. She supported Harold Washington. She supported Karen Lewis. Uh, she supported Bernie Sanders. So I feel like she's been unfairly tarnished by a lot of people in this town, including some of my lefty uh, friends and who've not given her adequate credit uh, for taking tough stands throughout her career. So best of luck to Sue Sadlowski Garza. In a statement on Twitter, Mayor Lori Lightfoot praised Garza as a relentless champion for working families in her own southeast side community and our city as a whole. All right, everybody, remember you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, chicagoreader.com or chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y, or wherever you download podcasts. Ben, who do we got on deck for this weekend? We have three great interviews. David Ferris, absolutely great interview. Uh, very funny, very sort of dark interview. He talks about the resurgence of Joe Biden, has fun with that, uh, and uh, has fun with the way the Republicans um, have been trying to turn the uh, student debt issue into something that would work for them and the hypocrisies uh, embedded there. So great interview with David Ferris. Uh, Catherine Adele West, first time uh, interview on the show, first time guest of the show. Uh, she's a Chicago uh, native. She just wrote a uh, novel. We talk about her novel. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. She did some singing on the show. Uh, she's uh, she's a writer you should follow, people. I believe she will be a best-selling author. This is her second novel, Two Lives of Sarah is the name of the book. Uh, and then uh, the interview that's about to happen, which will drop probably tomorrow, uh, and I already talked about it, Senator Robert Peters, and we'll be taking the deep dive on the nasty campaign for governor, uh, the uh, racial and political implications of the DB ads. Uh, and, and I don't know if you saw this, uh, his proposal to have uh, windmill farms uh, in Chicago on the southeast side uh, in Lake Michigan. Uh, so we'll probably do a little windmill talk bringing Donald Trump to ask a few questions because you know he loves windmills. Oh, there you go. Sean Kemp, get him in there. He's the windmill dunk. <laughs> Very good. You know, if it's late 80s, 90s, D knows the basketball. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, so very good. Thank you very much, Pat Whalen. Thank you very much, Dr. D. And as Pat Whalen will tell you back home, and on they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for the marvelous. Keep yourself raised, taking a petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Mm-hmm.